Welcome to the Navigation Church Podcast, featuring practical and encouraging weekly messages from one of our pastors or featured guests. Make sure and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss a single message. Every message is committed to helping you discover and take your next step in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here's today's message with Pastor David Amston. Aaron and Katie, thank you so much. Nav family, I hope you found freedom in worship like I did this morning. The one thing um, that has been solidified in my heart is we have a worship team that is not built off of performance. And here's why I can say this. You get no interaction with a camera. And uh, so I just honor our worship uh, team this morning to help lead us into worship. I hope you're able to find worship where you're at uh, like I was able to here in the freedom of worship. We are uh, continuing a conversation called Walking Into the New, so let me just start off this by, I mean, I, I, I don't want you to walk out on me, but here's the thing, you're a mental case, yeah. like it's it, like we got to just deal with the reality, like you, all of us have some type of mental issue, and what we're supposed to be doing this time of year is setting up New Year's resolution that we're supposed to be able to do, and I can tell you now, it's absolutely happening, why can I tell you this? Because every morning when I used to go to the gym, I would be able to park in spot 2, 3, or 4, and now I'm having to park in spot 9, 10, 11. Why? Because everybody with their New Year's resolution that wanted to get thin, wanted to get in shape, they're taking up my spot. And yes, it's my spot as early as I go in the morning. But it's funny because the group of us that are also going to be there March and in June and in September, we have a running joke at the gym. Wait till February. Why? Because by the time you wait till February, everyone that got excited about this New Year's resolution, their, their self-will... Their self-desire is going to burn out, and everyday life that they think they're outrunning will eventually catch back up to them. So until we walk into a new, until we have a new thought process, we are going to continue to walk in the old. So this morning is not a self-help. I said this last week. I'll probably say it again next week. This is not a self-help seminar. If you need that, go to Tony Robbins. If you need that, go to some of the gurus that are out there. I just need to try to give you a biblical perspective to understand how to walk into the new life that God's talking you to, calling you to. But to do this, I have to ask you this. What kind of brain do you have? Can I go ahead and say this to everyone now? I'm not a scientist. Amen? Can you guys hear me? I'm not a scientist. So I came up with this list. I don't know if it's right. I don't know if it's wrong. But the first one I thought about was that cautious contemplator. You're the person that when an idea comes along, when an opportunity comes your way, you slowly process all of it to try to figure out if this is something that you need. The problem is, that's the positive. You overthink things. The negative side of it is you miss out on opportunities because as opportunities came, you're thinking about it, then opportunities went, and you're still thinking about it. So I'm not saying that's a good, per, a good brain to have or a bad brain. I just think it's a brain that I, I identify, I, I can understand. Then there is that spontaneous, that spontaneous soul, that person that anytime an idea comes, anytime something happens to come your way, 
good idea or bad idea, man, the positive is you live, you live at, the, uh, uh, at the edge of, the, uh, of excitement, and you move forward and you go out in it. But the negative is, is unlike the cautious contemplator, you don't overthink anything, and usually you run into problems somewhere along the line, because if you would have processed it for 14 seconds, you would have realized that was a bad idea, positive and negative. Then there's that balanced brooder. You don't get excited, you don't get anxious, you don't get happy, you don't get sad, you're somewhere, somewhere in the middle between those two things, but you don't ever live life to the fullest, but at the same time, you don't ever experience life to the negative. Actually, these people, I would say this, most of the time, you are just doing life, not living life. Yeah. Right? And by the way, God did not call you to exist. God called you to live. Yeah. And, then, and then, by the way, then there's the memory keeper. This is not me. I'll be honest with you. This is not me. The memory keeper is one who cherishes history and all of past experiences. And these people are necessary. Can I just tell you, every time I have to go through and maybe put a document together for the church, I have to relearn the history. Like, I remember that we did things, but there isn't like a single document out there that I can go to because I don't live in the past. I'm the next one, actually. I'm, your, I'm the future dreamer. The problem with the memory keeper, though, is the memory keeper can miss future opportunities because we're too busy living in the past. But the problem is the future dreamers, which sometimes I definitely fall into this category, I live more in the future than I do in the past, so I'm always dreaming about the future. Here's the negative about a or positive about a future, is the future dreamer can create something that's never existed before. But at the same time, if you're always just dreaming about the future, you end up never being a doer. And so you're always telling people, I'll tell you now, I have three book ideas in my head. And by the way, one of them, I even have the chapters broken out for it already. But I've stopped telling people that I want to write a book. You know why? Because I never take time to write a book. There's one thing about always future dreaming it. It's another thing to kind of be that balanced brooder to sit down and actually accomplish this thing. So let me ask you this. I need you in the chat right now. Which one do you think you are? Do you think you're cautious contemplator? Are you that spontaneous soul? Are you that balanced brooder? Are you that memory keeper? Are you that future dreamer? Which one? I need you to drop it in the chat right now. And by the way, it doesn't matter. This just is going to help you as we continue on in our conversation together. Because here's the thing I know. No matter which category you fall into, and by the way, you may even be uh, someone right now going, well, what about this person? What about that person? There's many more out there, I'm sure. But one of the things I know, no matter what positive any one of those brings, there's a negative that comes along with it. There is the other side of that person that you just need to be aware of, and the reason I want you to try to be cognitively aware of which one of these that you are is because you can't have a positive life with a negative mindset. Okay, by the way, this is about the time where you throw a thumbs up and a hidden amen because everybody else here would have been shouting by now. I mean, this, that's a great phrase. Ready for that? You can't have a positive life if you have a negative mindset. Why? Because your life is moving in the direction of your greatest thoughts. If you get nothing else today, I need you to hear this. Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts.
And so if you have a negative mindset, your life, don't be surprised if you always have a negative outcome. But you have to understand that you do have a mind that you have to work with. You have a mind that you have to try to figure out. And there's going to be positives to that mindset and there's going to be negative. The history keepers are beautiful. Because I remember there was a smart guy that one time said this. Those who, how did that, I forgot what his old statement was. Uh, Those who forget the past are, oh, doomed to repeat it, right? And so those history keepers are very important. But you also have to have those futurists that are out there. And as you move to the future, you need to have those contemplators that are always thinking through what are the results of where we're going. But at the same time, every once in a while, when the future gets scary, it's nice to have those spontaneous people that don't mind running against a brick wall. They don't know that that wall shouldn't be torn down. They're supposed to run through it. But if the only thing you ever do in your life is remember the negative side of your life experiences, then don't be surprised when you're heading in a negative direction. Why? Because your life is moving in the direction of your greatest thoughts. Henry Ford said it like this, if you think you can't, or you think you can't, you're right. And so this morning, yes, this is, I know this seems like a self-help thing, but the scripture tells us this, take captives our thoughts if it's positive or negative we're trying to take captive our thoughts right now because last week we talked about a fear that was pursuing us if if you don't remember our conversation last week we're talking in the book of egypt or excuse me we're we're talking in the book of exodus about egypt okay i don't worry they're, they're all there i'm just using my words in different ways pastor and was correct it is chilly here today so In the book of Exodus, I almost did it again. That is hysterical. That is hysterical. Um, In the book of Exodus, in the land of Egypt, there was a people group called the Israelites. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. The four people that braved the weather is here with me. Uh, In in this book, you have the children of Israel uh, with Moses stuck in Egypt under captivity. After 430 years, God decided it was time to pull them out of captivity so that this people group could know him as God. And so as they started pulling the children of Israel, as the children of Israel left in one night, they had the silver, the gold, the clothing. The Egyptians, after 10 plagues, urged the people to leave. And you had 600,000 men, not including men and, or children and women. So most people, most theologians that I read, they have a wide span. But you could guess 2 to 3 million people all left at, left at one time. Could you imagine if you had a workforce of 2 to 3 million slaves and the next morning they're all gone? I wonder if you're an employer and you had 10% of your workforce leave one night, if you would say to yourself, man, we need to quickly get some people back. Well, this is what happened to Pharaoh. After all these people left, Pharaoh decided, no, 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 I want these people back. So last week we talked about the fear that is pursuing us, this fear that's coming up behind us. So a couple things I want to remind you about from last week. Number one, God is committed to your freedom. In the chat right now, say, I am free. I need you to throw that in there. God is committed to your freedom. Why? Because after 10 plagues, Pharaoh's uh, army started chasing down the children of Israel, and they were, having, they were being pursued to be overtaken. 
And there was a fear rising up in the people. But you need to know this. Your tolerance for pain determines your potential for growth. If you want more about what that phrase means, you need to go back to last week's sermon. But the children of Israel could have actually turned back, started, you ready for this camera too? I need you, I need you. Rather than marching this way, the children of Israel could have turned back. And my guess, if they would have went back to Pharaoh with hands up, they would have said, hey, take us back. We're, we're coming home. My guess is Pharaoh would have welcomed them back. But their potential that was locked up inside of them it determined their tolerance for pain determined their potential for growth so they had to tolerate this pain and ultimately we need to know that god is committed to our freedom the other thing is when it comes to this freedom that we're walking with god trust the journey not the path and folks i'm going to give you a real practical example for uh let's go almost seven years now we've been trying to find a new facility to move to I don't know why it hasn't changed. Yesterday, the temperature in this building was more than comfortable to be able to meet in person today. Overnight, parts of the building dropped up to 15 degrees. Every heater is working. Everything is working to this max capacity. I don't know why we're not in a new building yet. But God, I'm going to trust your journey. I don't, I don't know why it ha hasn't happened. And I think what we need to understand is God leads us to the battle we need, not the one we expect. And so the children of Israel, when they left, they could have went a shorter, better route against the Philistines. But God said, nope, they're not ready for that battle. We need to go to the one that they need. What's the battle that we need? The battle that we need is that we can trust in the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. There's maybe a reason why we sang that in worship today. The battle belongs to the Lord. And then God, in these battles, this is kind of the third big point that we talked about last week, God will let us see our weaknesses so that we can see his strength. Children of Israel now are walking in, and you have hills on one side. You have the Red Sea in front of you. You have uh, the Pharaoh and his army and his uh, ideal choice chariots coming in after them. The only thing that the children of Israel could possibly see was the sea in front of them. And the only thing they recognized was their weakness. They can do nothing in this situation but God. That's when God's going to show his strength. Now, I would like to say that we're going to talk about the sea parting today. But what we have to know is that last week we talked about the, the fear pursuing us. But today we have to talk about the enemy within us. Because of the children of Israel, if we go to Exodus 14, 11 through 13, the children of Israel said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? The children of Israel just watched God perform 10 amazing miracles to overthrow 10 gods of Egypt. And now they're saying, you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us bringing us out of Egypt? You mean the place of slavery? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? This is a horrible mindset. This is an enemy. It would have been better for us to be, to serve. Wait, to serve? No, you were slaves. For us to serve the Egyptians and die in the desert. And Moses answered the people, you basket cases. You had mental cases. Like, 
Don't be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord. Uh, the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today will you will never see again. So those online, look at me right now. I am talking to you about your headspace today. And I can go on and on about the scriptures, but the way the Israelites responded is the way that we respond today. When we hit hard times, actually, you know what I think we need to do? Here's what I think we need to do. Let's do a mental audit. So those online, here's what I'm going to do in the online community. I'm going to throw up a slide, and you're just going to see some slides for a while because I want you to do a mental audit with me. Listen to my voice as we do this mental audit. When it comes to, let's say this, worried versus peaceful. Worried uh, all the way down here on, on number one, peaceful all the way up there at number 10, number 10. Let me ask you this. In everyday life, in this mental audit, where are you? Are you closer to worry or are you closer to peaceful? When you wake up in the morning, do you worry about your kids? Do you worry about their education? Do you worry about their health? When you wake up in the morning, do you worry about, like, do you wake up and got a little sniffle and all of a sudden, oh my, I got COVID again. All uh, the allergies are kicking in. Now all of a sudden you're worried about the sickness that may or may not actually exist. Do you work, wake up and you worry about the economy? And, and by the way, you should worry about your finances, but are you frozen in fear of where your finances are? And it moves from just the economy, economy of who you are to the economy of the United States, not just the United States, the world economy. And all of a sudden you live life worried all the time. Are you more of that person who wakes up in the morning that is worried or do you wake up more in the morning feeling more peaceful? Hey, guess what? The kids have life that they're going to have to deal with, but I trust a God who has them, who cares more about them than I do. Do you wake up in the morning knowing that you are more than a conqueror? Do you wake up more in the morning with a peaceful spirit, knowing that you have God on your side and nothing else? If you were going to do a thought audit of yourself today, scale 1 to 10, which side do you probably fall more on? Let's go to the next one. Are you more negative or positive? You have to understand the battlefield of your mind that you're dealing with. When you wake up, are you a cynical person? Or do, you, do you just automatically think the worst of other people? Are you always busy? Your mind is always racing, thinking about the bad thing. Uh, like hell is, the world's going to hell in a basket and everything is negative. Where do you in your life spend more of your time? Or do you spend more on positive things? More of faith, more of God, more of the word, more thinking that when it comes to this, uh, this, uh, um, uh, uh, this negativity, it's not something that you want in your life. You want more of that positive thinking in your life. Let's go to this one. This one will be a fun one. This, will, this I put in here just to aggravate you. Do you have more worldly thoughts or do you have more eternal thoughts? I, you're at church. You know I got to ask this question. And when I think worldly, when you wake up in the morning, do you think more about what you have versus what you don't have? When you wake up and you start processing through your day, do you care more about what you wear 
and what you post and when you post how many people are going to like it make a comment give it a thumbs up now it's kind of ironic that about 12 times i've already said drop it in the chat like i so so don't take that as an example i i, I know i'm just i'm not trying to be worldly right now i'm just trying to be interactive with you so stay with me but here's the thing if every time you post something you go back and you feel like you have to comment like see what other people have said oh my gosh i can't believe no one's commenting on this is that more worldly thinking or when you go out in life rather than thinking about what it can bring to you do you think about what you can bring to other people do you think about how you can invest in other people? Do you think about what you can give to other people? When you see someone in a store who's feeling down or looking down, do you ever think to yourself, I want to make sure their eternal soul is saved. How can I have a conversation? I actually want to brag on one of our partners right now. This is a story I want to share with you. He called me. I didn't ask permission, so I'm not going to say his name. But Chad, the other day was, oh, I just do that? Okay, here it is. He called me and he said, man, I was in a store, someone was looking down, and he started talking to me about his relationship, and Chad started to encourage this guy, and actually said, brother, I'm going to be praying for you, and the guy said, I don't believe in prayer, and Chad goes, you don't have to. He actually asked me, did I do this right? And here's what I'm going to tell you, I don't think you can do it wrong. I don't think if you have an eternal mindset where you want to bless someone else. So, Chad, I just want to make sure to say to you, way to have the heart of, the, of your God. Way to have the heart of this ministry. How do you help someone take the next step in a growing relationship with God? It's because you, you, you knew that you had an eternity in mind. And here's someone, if, if they never pick up the Bible, they've read the word today through your life. So let me ask you this. When you kind of did this audit, where are you at? And the reason I ask that, what comes into your mind is going to come out in your life. Your life is going to move in the direction of your strongest thought. And if all day long the only thing you think about is worry, negativity, worldliness, don't be surprised within your life if the only thing coming out is negativity. Actually, here's what it is. And by the way, I already said this. I'm not a scientist. You can go read this. This is absolutely true. Psychiatrists would say this. This is what we've learned. That our, and I'm going to need camera two on this one because I've got to walk a minute, okay? What happens is in our life, we start walking paths. And the more you walk these paths, the more these paths are downtrodden. And I know this because for some reason my kids walk a path through my landscaping all the time. I don't know why they can't walk in the grass, but they walk the landscaping. And the more you walk this path, the more downtrodden this path gets. There are actually these pathways in our brains that get, that get built. And, and, and by the way, you know this to be true if you've ever seen, and I don't think they even have them anymore, the, the traveling circus with elephants. These big, massive elephants that could do anything when they, that they want. When they were small, they would stake them down and the elephants would pull on a stake and they would build a pathway that this stake can hold them where they're supposed to be. But the problem is, the bigger they get, the stronger they get, that stake can't hold them. 
They don't know that because they were beaten down a pathway in their brain that this is how it is. This is where I'm stuck. If you live a life of negativity, you are building a pathway of negativity in your thinking. And don't be surprised when negativity is the only thing coming out. If you build a pathway of worry in your life and you're thinking about worry and you talk about worry, the pathway of worry is the only thing that you're building in your life. If the only pathway you build is selfishness or worldliness, think about you and you don't be surprised if the only thing you ever think about is you and you and you wonder why everybody else isn't thinking about you the reason everyone else isn't busy thinking about you is they don't care that much about you you're not their god and so we build these pathways all the time the children of israel i'm coming back here now i'm done walking ready for this the children of israel for 430 years built a pathway of thinking the pathway of thinking was the Egyptians, despite the abuse, despite the captivity, despite the slavery, the Egyptians at least provided a way of living. God isn't calling us to that anymore. God is calling us to walk a new path. God is causing us, telling us that we need a new way of thinking in our brain. And so instead of going one route, why? Because last week we're going to trust the journey, not the path. Because God is wanting us to beat down some new pathways of thinking. And here's God's way of doing it. He puts mountains to the left and right of us, a sea in front of us, and an impending army behind us. And he goes, it's time to start thinking about a new path. And you go, what new path? The path you've never walked before. The one that God's going to open up in front of you. He split the sea so I can walk right through it. And so we have to get to the thought. When we identify the negative thoughts in our life, we have to choose to walk a new path. Or we can say, why don't we go back? You may want to go back and listen to last week's sermon. We, we'll say things like this. We'll have a defeatist mindset. We'll start blame shifting. We'll say things like, why can't life get back to normal? You will live life believing a lie. The children of Israel said, why can't we go back and just serve the Egyptians? You weren't a servant. You were a slave. You believe a lie in your life. And it's time for you to start beating down a new path to walk towards freedom today. And if you're like, I don't know how that happens, expect the miraculous to happen in front of you. The lie that you've been believing, the grief that you've been holding on to, the regret that you find yourself living in, the depression that you walk down in, you don't have a way out, but God does. But the only way to walk that way, that new path, is to step into a water that you've never walked in before. God wants us to be free. If you're ready for freedom, and I know this sounds... Type in there right now in the chat, I'm ready to be free. I'm ready to be free. Because here's the thing, I said it last week, and I, I, just so you know, this whole month, I'm just going to be repeating myself. This time next year's coming, do you want to still be you? 
this time next year is coming the thing that you struggle with, the frustrations that you have, the overwhelming feeling that you live with, the depression that keeps knocking on your door, you have one of two options. To live with it this time next year or to deal with it this time this year. So how are we going to do this? Ready? This is, this is your practical for this week. Well, actually, let's do that. I, I, do me a favor. Let's throw up that next slide. This next week, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be on the, on the YouVersion Bible app. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table by Lou Giglio. I just like saying his last name. And yeah, I, I, need to get, I need to throw a little joke in there. I feel like it's getting a little heavy right now. This next week, there's a six-day Bible app that I'm going to be reading. I want to encourage you to be reading don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Let's do this. Let's leave that enemy behind us. And so this will be getting pushed out to you through the app. If you, if, you, if you don't have our app, make sure to download it. Have those push notifications. In a, simple but, in a simple click, you'll be able to read this. You can set up a community through this, uh, through this app, and you can be commenting and sharing with other like-minded people. Now, here we go. Here's the first thing we're going to do. It is time for you to forge a new path in your life, okay? So, your mental case, I'm a mental case. If you're a mental case, say yes right now. Yeah. Okay, everybody in here said yes. Don't worry. The, the nine of us that braved our way or the two of us who didn't get the message are all here recognizing we're brave. I had to shout you out at some point, you know. So, here's the thing. I promise you I have a list of things I struggle with, a list. And if my list isn't long enough, I have friends and family that can tell me more to add to that list. But today, I'm going to choose one. I need you to choose one thing today. So I'm slowing down here right now because this is the part where we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to talk to us. What is the one thing in your life that you need to identify is the biggest enemy to your thinking? Because your life is going to move in the direction of your strongest thought. So on your thought audit, on the negative side, on your ones and twos, what is the one thought that you continue to struggle with? Because here's what happens. Give me camera two again. We're coming back over here. Ready for this? Because I don't know how you are, but every time I f feel bad, I have an amazing pathway that leads straight to the cupboard that's filled with chocolate. Does anybody has that pathway? Right? Every time I feel bad, I have a pathway that leads me right to comfort food. Right? Um, every time, and this may be you, uh, every time when you're bored, you have a pathway beaten in your life already that you pick up your phone, you get on social media, and it's interesting, you're bored, so you go to social media thinking you're going to find life there, but instead, you find all your friends posting about how great their life is, and you just get more depressed because you start disdaining who they are because their life looks better than you. That's the pathway that you have there, right? And so I'm just, oh, I love this. Okay, ready for this? So now all of a sudden, what's your pathway every time you start feeling stressed, worried, or anxiety? Your pathway is, this is where you fill in the blank. Because there's probably something that you do to numb yourself. 
There's probably something you do to try to escape. There's probably something you do in this beaten down pathway of a mental thing that you have in your head that you step away. You start thinking, I'm not lovable. I'm not good enough. I'm always broken. Broken. I'm worthless. We start walking these pathways and you, you, they manifest themselves in different ways. But the reason I want you to identify them is it's time to go through the Red Sea. It's time to walk a path that you've never walked before. And I promise, I guarantee it, the Holy Spirit will be present with you to split that sea so you walk through it. And when you walk into that freedom, and we're going to talk about this next week, I promise we'll talk about this next week, you walk into your freedom, and the place of your freedom is the place of your enemy's demise. And so the number one thing we have to identify the biggest enemy in your brain, that strongest thought that you have, that your life has been moving in that direction. And I know, I feel like I've been saying the same thing for five minutes now, but I need you to hear it. This is why we're here today. God wants to overcome that enemy. So the number one thing we're going to do is we're going to identify it. Number, the number two thing that you're going to do, you're going to choose to forge a new path. So when I am feeling bad and I used to walk my path to the freezer to get some chocolate, I'm going to choose to walk to the front door and walk around the block. I'm going to start a new habit. I'm going to practically do something new in my life. I'm feeling bored, so I'm going to get on social media. No, no, no. I'm feeling bored, so I'm going to get on the Bible app. What am I going to do on the Bible app? I'm going to read this week's day, uh, 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 Bible plan of not letting the enemy sit at my seat. Why? Because the enemy's chariots, I feel like, <laughs> all you Mighty Python fans out there, I feel like the enemy's coming in behind. No, 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 I'm not giving an enemy at my seat. I'm going to read something productive in my life. Or I'm going to go on social media, and I'm going to find someone who's hurting, and I'm going to pour out to them. I'm going to move to the eternal. I'm going to move away from the worldly. I'm going to choose to forge a new path there. And as we're forging these new paths, these are just not practical steps that you're going to take. You're going to add the word to it. So if you say to yourself, I can't get it all done. There's too much in life and it's overwhelming. No, no, no. You're going to go on. You don't have to find your pastor. Find Google and ask a question. How do I overcome fear? How do, give me a scripture for this. I can't get it all done. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You're going to find a scripture and you're going to put it to the truth. Moses, the children of Israel went up to the mountain of their mind and they allowed Pharaoh to come behind them. Moses always went up to the mountain of the Lord. So we have to stop going to the mountain of our mind and we have to go to the mountain of the Lord. Oh, I'm never attractive. I'm ugly. I'll never find the spouse that God has for me. No, no, no. The scripture says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're not an accident. God made you on purpose. Oh, I'm miserable. I'm depressed. The joy of the Lord is your strength. That's the scripture that you went up to the mountain and you're going to put to this new pattern of thinking. I'm always alone. God will never leave me nor forsake me. Oh, I'm just a victim. No, no, no. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lord, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. God has scriptures 
for us to apply to every negative, wrong mindset, neuro pattern that's been created in our life. And we take these scriptures and we start forging new pathways in our life. Because if not, the enemy that's behind you will manifest the enemy that's inside of you and you will lose. Or you can stand on the precipice of the future destiny that God has for you. So today, what is the biggest enemy? And if you don't know what it is, what is the direction that your life is headed? Because our life moves in the direction of our strongest thought. So what is that enemy that you need to overcome? Number two, what is the practical thing that you're going to start doing when that, when that mindset shows up? And what is the scripture you're going to start saying to it? Because we have to forge a new path. Because this time next year is coming. And I believe that God wants you out of Egyptian captivity today. Generally, Father, I just thank you for our time together. Holy Spirit, I pray the same anointing that I feel here is being translated there. And if you're watching us live, or if maybe you've tuned into this conversation a month, a year, a decade from now, I believe God's truths are God's truths whenever. And I pray that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right here in this place to give you the truth that you're looking for and the freedoms that he's promised. Holy Spirit, I pray for every person who's listening to my words right now and they shift off of my words onto who you are and they hear this that you have a desire for us to be free. So let freedom come today, God. In your name we pray. Amen. If you're, if you're just needing additional prayer, do me a favor, stay in here, chat away. If you're having a conversation right now, may, you know what? If you don't even know how to look up a scripture, or you need help finding truth to something that you're struggling with, could you trust me? Be bold and post it right now, and you're going to watch a NAV family come around you and protect you and cover you and help you take the next step. If you're, if you're suicidal right now, and this cold weather was the tipping point, and you feel all alone, you're not. You may be isolated, but you're not alone. Will you please just post something and let the NAV family stay around you right now and build you up into this place and watch the freedoms that God has for you today, tomorrow, and for years to come. Why? Because you can walk into the new now. I love you, Nav family. We'll see you next week.
Thanks again for joining us this week on the Navigation Church Podcast. We hope this message strengthened and encouraged you in the next step of your journey. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating and review. And if you want more information about Navigation Church or wish to connect with us in more ways, visit navchurch.org, download the Nav app in your app or Google Play Store, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and even like the Navigation Church page on Facebook. And again, make sure and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss a single message. For now, know Navigation Church is always here to help you discover and take your next step in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ.